0: On this week's episode, Marvel heads back to the movies, Vice heads back to the dark side of the ring, and how does a number one show on Netflix get cancelled? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed.
0: This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and our over 40 radio stations worldwide, and of course you can always check us out wherever you get your podcasts it is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pcc multiverse without my good friend he is the castle pcc on the twitter and instagram you know by the way buddy gold from croc radio said he loves it when i go twitter and twitter. instagram twitter Dude. twitter and instagram you it gotta catch me. him. T- <laughs> it kills me too in the throat area that's for sure (laughs) you gotta catch him at castle pcc on twitter and instagram every time out where he posts a ton of pictures gives you updates on what he's doing with his drone work and so much more it is my good friend it is marcus de la garza and marcus great to have you back on hope your week is getting a little bit better this time around
2: it is if you guys head over to my instagram or my twitter you can see that my morning didn't start off great and dropped a little bit of my lunch as i was getting to lunch late you know i ended up losing a water bottle in the process you'll have to go watch the video because it was it was it was rough but hey we got through it i made it through the rest of the day
0: i did get a chance to see it and as they say press f to pay respects like they do in call of duty (laughs) for your yeti But it is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We're going to be talking a lot of great stuff, including Vice with its really, really well thought of series, Dark Side of the Ring. It is now on season three as we're recording this. It is debuting this week with a double episode featuring the life and death of Brian Pillman. So if you want to go ahead and check that out, it is available on Hulu. Vice.com, YouTube, they run it all over the place where you go ahead and check out Vice, Dark Side of the Ring. So, we're going to be talking about Dark Side of the Ring season three coming up and all the great shows and all the great topics that they're talking about. But, yes, this is something I hope everybody gets a chance to see. How does the number one show on Netflix get canceled? We'll be talking about the irregulars and what happened to it coming up later in the program. Speaking of Netflix, we'll have some final thoughts on the back end of the show about the latest teaser that's been out for Stranger Things Season 4. Resident Evil Village is now out in the wild, and the reviews are in. We'll talk about that and some impressive things I want to say about it coming up later in the program, and also Invincible, something that I had mentioned on a previous program about how I was getting into it. I was thinking it was okay so far, wasn't as great as I thought it would be or as hoping it was be. We'll go ahead and tell you my thoughts coming up here on the show as well. But my friend, there's a lot to talk about. Of course, it all starts with pop culture with a big M, and that's Marvel. Because on Monday, they had the celebratory montage trailer coming out. Before I get into it, somebody was a little bit slighted by that, i.e. Tom Hiddleston, because he came out the next day after the whole movie montage of movies coming up. For Marvel did not include him in it. So he was kind of quote unquote upset about that. So as a way to go ahead and tell you he's so upset, he told everyone out there that they're actually moving up the Loki series on his command from Friday to Wednesdays coming up in June. So give you a heads up out there. I think this is going to be something that Marvel shows will be doing going forward since they are releasing a lot of movies straight to the theaters when they release their television shows each week on Disney Plus. They're going to be doing it on Wednesdays. So look for Marvel television shows starting with Loki to be moved to Wednesday going forward.
2: I was going to say that's a great play by Marvel to move to Wednesdays on episode release. We're heading into summertime. People are going to be out and about on Fridays, especially now that people are getting vaccinations. You've got great weather. People can be outside and do whatever. I think moving to Wednesdays is a really smart play by Marvel to really make sure that they've got the the viewership that's going to be there at home ready to watch.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, I think there's going to be some good ratings for Star Wars The Bad Batch, simply because it came out on May the 4th, which was a Tuesday. And, well, it was also my birthday, but, you know, that's... Happy belated birthday, Gerald. Thank you. I just wanted to go ahead and say, you know what, it's nice to always have your birthday on the same day that Star Wars celebrates itself. So it's kind of cool that you walk around with a Star Wars t-shirt and everybody you see goes... May the 4th be with you. And you say, may the 4th be with you. And there you go. So it was really cool. You know, with all the stuff going on in everyone's lives and all the the differences that we have, it's nice to see that one thing like Star Wars for one day gets everyone together. So that's really cool. So may the 4th be with you. And I hope it was for everyone out there. But getting back to Marvel, heading to the movies, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts on this. They showed a montage. Of course, they showed a little bit more footage of Black Widow. Mm -hmm. They also showed a little bit more footage of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. They also showed us the first look at the Eternals. I want to hear your thoughts on that here in a sec, but they also made some name changes to some upcoming films. So Black Panther 2 is now known as Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's no longer Captain Marvel 2. It is now called The Marvels. It's either going to be just Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel, or there's going to be a lot more added to it, so... I'm pretty excited for that as well.
2: Do you notice the S at the end of the Marvels? I noticed that. Yeah, okay. Kamala
0: Kamala Khan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because she's doing her own show, Ms. Marvel, that's going to be on Disney Plus, I believe, early next year, if I'm not mistaken. So if that's the case, it's going to set her up to play a major role in the Marvels movie that's coming up near the end of next year. So we're looking forward to that. But Thor, Love and Thunder is still the same. And then also the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange 2, that's also the same thing. But I want to get back into the actual new footage that was shown. I want to hit you up for this first. Was it a good idea or a bad idea to debut the first footage ever, the Eternals, in that montage? Does it make it more special or less?
2: I thought it made it a little more special. I mean, especially in the wake of fact that Chloe Zhao is gonna be doing the directing for the, the Eternals. So I mean like you're kind of riding the wave that she just won Best Director. <laughs> Give a little bit of a teaser for the Eternals in the Return of the Movies video that we saw this week. Dude, I, I think that was a great play, but is it too early? I mean are we bu- well, I didn't building- say it
0: was too early. I'm I, and I agree with you it's a great idea to go ahead and promote her winning the best director award for No Man land. If I was Marvel, I would have dropped a exclusive trailer that next day with just featuring the Eternals. The only thing I get with this montage, which was super awesome to see because you got this cool montage of films and titles coming up. And you had the voice of Stan Lee starting it all off with a great way to go ahead and intro it. it just brought that you to amazing. tears and gave yeah. you the feels and all that. But what I wanted to say is I'm not sure it was a great idea to go ahead for the Eternals and... Just put it as part of the montage for the first look. It would have been great if they did last week, just after she went to go ahead and be able to honor her by dropping a, a minute trailer the next day. So it sits on its own. And then you do this the next week with a little bit more footage. Because the footage that they showed in the Eternals wasn't really a whole lot.
2: No, 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 not at
0: all. If you're watching it, you know, this is going to be the hardest sell. I think of all the upcoming projects, Disney Plus projects or the movie projects, I think the Eternals is going to be the absolute hardest sell. It reminds me in a way of Guardians of the Galaxy. Who are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Nobody knew who Guardians of the Galaxy was, but the trailers and the way that it promoted itself as this fun sci-fi epic sold itself, and obviously became a big hit. Now we know where it's gone from there. The general fan, and even myself as someone who's pretty knowledgeable on pop culture, has really a hard time going into depth on The Eternals. I would have loved more of a self-contained trailer beforehand, like I said, not only to honor Chloe Zhao, but to also give everybody a better idea of what The Eternals is all about outside of just seeing... Salma Hayek sitting on a horse with a cowboy hat on or, you know, just see him or, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Or just, just standing there, you know, in, in a couple different poses or it would have been better for me to see it as a second look as opposed to a first. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I, I get that. But I think at the same time, you ride a little bit of that wave of Chloe's out winning best director. You leak a little bit of footage. You don't give a ton out. And it creates that, that hype that, that people want to start buying in and figure out what else is happening here with this movie. And I think that... Well, remember, closed might-
0: out one last week. She didn't win Yeah, I was thinking
2: week. it was two weeks ago. not. It was, last it, week.
0: Yeah, it was a week ago, Sunday. Sunday so, I mean, yeah. it would have been great to drop a trailer that Monday. If I'm up there in Kevin Feige's office and I've got the whiteboard on, or, you know, as far as writing on it with my marker, yeah. dry erase marker, I would have targeted a full trailer on that Monday.
2: I totally get that. I'm just saying that they might be slow playing this one, and I don't hate it, just because you're gonna start building suspense and and kind of create this intrigue behind the entire title. I mean, I think you've got too many big names in here for this not to be a moderate success, right? I, I think I'm on the other side of here, Gerald. I, I don't hate that they included it in the uh, the. Why well, don't the- hate?
0: I don't hate that they included, it at all. I'm not saying that. I wish. I'm glad that they included. But it really yeah, you, you, give, it, you it just wanted give that
2: standalone though, right? Yeah, you, I you,
0: wanted a standalone that's more of an explainer as a trailer, and then you show this the next week. You show this, you know, as part of the montage. I don't mind because this, you know, what you see of it with the Eternals footage as you see of it doesn't explain anything and has people guessing or trying to figure out what's going on with it. It's and I think with the Eternals, you need as much explaining to the general public at large as possible. And you're going to start your Marvel machine. Coming in June, you've got that Marvel machine going with Loki and Disney Plus and Black Widow in the movies. And then after that, you're going to be churning out TV shows, movies on basically an every six to eight week basis. You're going to have something fresh from Marvel. And I don't want to see the Eternals and all the time and effort that they put into it with all these stars being snowed under. I mean, it, it reminds me of what's the uh, ABC show that they did that was really bad uh, with the
2: <laughs> which one. I understand your point that you're making. I also understand that this is a rabid fan base, Gerald, that I, if you can slow play some of the, the information coming out about your upcoming movies, this is a fan base that's rabid enough that they'll sit there and try to be inhumans. humans. Yeah.
0: yeah, you see that. And only that was only four years ago. And that's how bad it is. We already forgot about it.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I really do believe that this is a fan base that's rabid enough that if you can just slow play a few little bits here and there, we pick things apart. Like, it's <laughs> like we'll sit there and study frame I mean, and,
0: and they are. There's, I mean, just go to YouTube or go to any of your favorite pop culture media outlet that's like Pop Culture Cosmos, where we <laughs> could break down all this stuff. And then they break down to two, second by second because there's only really what 30 to 45 seconds of footage. Right. But I, I'm just saying if that would have been a great second look as opposed to a first.
2: Uh, I all. agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you mean. I agree with you to a certain extent. But at the same time, I understand what they're doing here. I think I think we're going to slow play oh, yeah. and really build that burn.
0: Well, the whole thing is to get you excited to go back to the movies. And that's the idea, is to get you excited to go back and walk into the theater and go back and enjoy the movies once again. Like you said, with the vaccinations still out there, people are starting to go ahead and explore outside more talked about recovery this, recovery that. We're getting back to somewhat of a normal life, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to be seeing more and more ads like these getting you back into the theaters. I, I don't mind that Marvel did this. I'm actually very happy that they showcase this because it gives you a clearer idea of what's to come in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When it comes to Eternals, the first impression is an impression most people have and that sticks with most people. The first impression for the Eternals is okay, it was smashed into this montage, and we're not everybody's sure what it's all about.
2: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It, it'll be interesting to see what the reception is. I mean, I, I'll put 10 bucks down with you right now that I think this is going to be a good play, a good slow play here for the Masters. Oh, yeah, but... they'll, they'll
0: bring out more stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, this won't be the only footage they ever show of the Eternals. Oh, again. no, I know. I, that no, no question about that, I, especially for something like this. that, they've spent a ton of money on this is not like the inhumans where they can go ahead and cancel it after one season (laughs) because they just didn't feel like going ahead and filming it anymore in hawaii because of all the bad reviews this is something with the eternals you spent a lot of money on you've got some high-priced actors kit harrington from what everybody is saying what everybody's inferring he's going to be a key as far as possibly even an avenger down the road with his character and then the eternals what they'll be doing coming in and out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward as well. We're going to have to see how this plays out. But Gemma Chan talks about how she's the lead character. Then you've got Angelina Jolie. What is her role? Selma Hayek is supposed to be the leader of, of this. It's all a little bit confusing. Nobody out there seems to have the 100% right explainer for it. And I wanted to just to make sure that Marvel, before that movie releases, has the general audience or at least us so we can explain it to the general audience out there (laughs) exactly what it's all about.
2: Yeah. I I do want to make one more note before we move on from the Eternals that I'm glad to see that Kit Harrington is busting out of that Jon Snow box that he's been put in for a while. I'm hoping that, you know, by the time November fifth rolls around, I'm not still seeing Jon Snow. But it feels like he's really done a lot to kind of take a step back and then he's starting to pick and choose what roles he wants to take. So
0: I think Marvel has some big plans for him. And it's not just the Eternals, it's the kind of role he's going to be playing. Going forward, because they now have to start developing new Avengers for the Avengers movie that would be coming up in phase five or right. phase six, wherever you're going to start dropping Avengers movies again, because at some point in time, it's going to come down to another Avengers Infinity War Endgame game type scenario in six, seven years down the line, possibly even by the end of this decade, where you say to yourself, you know what, this is something I want to see again and Kit Harrington could play a key role or a major role in being at the front line because you have Robert Downey Jr. gone, you have Chris Evans gone, you need people to fill those roles, and Kit Harrington, I think, in Marvel's eyes, could be the guy that steps up to the plate for that.
2: I just want to say I did read a rumor earlier that Chris Evans might, have, might be working towards a, a contract again with Marvel.
0: We'll see. I mean, Captain America is... Proudly being warned by Anthony Mackie. What kind of role Chris Evans would play. I want Chris Evans back. Maybe a
2: flashback or something, whatever it is. Or
0: Nomad, if he plays Nomad. The character itself stepped away from Captain America for a period of time and became Nomad. So we could see that happen. You know, he loves the beard. So, you know, he could be doing that thing uh, and the girls will still go crazy. So the future is still very uncertain for the MCU. But you know what? It's looking a lot better now than it was a month, two months ago, six months ago, a year ago, because they want you to go back to the movies and they've got a whole bunch of movies coming up over the next two years coming right at you to make sure you do. What are your thoughts out there on Marvel heading back to the movies with all the footage that they showed and all the title changes that they made? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. But before we hit the half-hour break, my friend, two quick things I wanted to touch on with you. Invincible Season 1, before we head to the village, as scary as it may seem. Invincible Season 1 finally finished. Amazon so happy about it and is so ecstatic about Robert Kirkman's spiritual successor to The Walking Dead and that animated series, which has a huge all-star cast, but... Invincible Season 1 ended on a much better note than I think it started on. It, it picked up halfway during the season. It sets itself up well for Season 2 and Season 3, which it got renewed for by Amazon. Amazon was so thrilled with the way Invincible set up before the last episode of Season 1. It, it actually got uh, approved for Season 2 and Season 3. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. I give it an overall 7. I think it's, it's good. It ended up... Much better than the way it started for me. I think it's something that I, I do want to check out for season two and beyond. But I want to hear your thoughts on Invincible and if it's something you will eventually check out.
2: I mean, I've already started checking it out. We're about two episodes in. I th- We started the third one last night. It harkens back to the old school Batman from when I was a kid, the old school Superman from when I was a kid. I really enjoy the animation style so far. I'm kind of at that point where things are moving a little bit slow in these first few episodes, but you know, I've, I've heard the same thing that you just said that, you know, by episode four, five, and six, things really start to pick up and, and it really kind of There's one the
0: throwaway episode, but outside of that, it builds it up to a, a very good climax for the end of the season.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, I was pretty excited when I saw it was Robert Kirkman just because, I mean, I did love The Walking Dead when it first started. I did not love the end. Uh, well, I'm still going. I didn't love where I, <laughs> when I finished watching it, I, I wasn't in, in love with it anymore. But I will say that, you know, it's kind of fun to see all these people come together and do an animated show it's not personalities you would ever anticipate to be on an animated show. And I'm so glad that it did have the success that Amazon Prime was hoping for. Because, you know, a lot of our family, ex- family and extended family, both, have really, really, really loved the Invincibles. And it's really drove Jamie and I to start watching. So
0: Yeah, it's it's been pretty good. Again, it ends better than it starts, in my opinion. There is one throwaway episode near the end but outside of that it's actually a pretty good watch and i'm looking forward to seeing season two and season three coming up the violence has been much talked about but then again this is robert kirkman and anybody who's seen the walking dead knows that he's going to bring it and obviously who's read the comic books of the walking dead and invincible you got to expect it so are you having any issue with the graphic violence that's on it
2: no i mean it's it's different when it's an actual person like glenn getting his face beat in versus an animated character you know it's it's for me this is a little this is way more palatable at the end of the day i'm not bothered by it but i mean does it get worse after season two uh, season two after episode two i mean do we get more graphic oh yeah yeah oh yeah i I can't wait. wait then i can't wait then gerald it's gonna be fun to watch to finish out for me this this week Let's dive back in again next week. Maybe we can talk about that throwaway episode. Maybe our two, uh, maybe our our favorite episode each. I've enjoyed what we've done so far, but like I said, it was just a touch slow those first two episodes for me. I, I don't know why. Maybe I was just a little distracted as I watched, and and I, you know I, I need to go back and rewatch. But well, the setup uh, look-
0: is slow. It, it, you're right; it setup is slow. But it, like I said, it ends on a much stronger note.
2: Yeah. And, 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 you know, just the sheer fact that they've got the momentum behind them right now, that they've got season two and season three already locked up. It kind of builds that faith in the, in the viewership that, Hey, commit to this one. It's it's going to be around for a while.
0: You know, they only get committed one year at a time, one season at a time for the expanse. So they must love what's going on with invincible. Cause they've already given it two seasons instead of one.
2: Man, you just got to rub that. I know water, but... well,
0: I, I was, that was my goal on that one. That was my goal. Yeah. But you know, The Expanse still is going to get its final season coming up, and I'm I'm glad to see that for you because it's made you so happy throughout the years. But I yes. will say with Invincible, I think it's going to have its new collection of fans, ones that followed Robert Kirkman from The Walking Dead and ones that like the comic series. But people who just are into the – I mean, I'll tell you what. With Amazon, they are getting a niche which with The Boys – And now with Invincible, these over-the-top graphic superhero series that are really big wins for them. And this has helped building up their coffers. Are they Netflix as far as the amount of content they have? Not yet. They're not there yet. But remember, they do have that 200 million-plus subscriber base, just like Netflix. And with Little by Little, and they just announced that the Sony movie Cinderella with Camila Cabello That is moving over to Amazon instead of going to the theaters. So Amazon's becoming a player. Amazon's doing what I asked it to do back in 2016, when it had the jump, when it had the time. Back then, it was just a throwaway thing for them. So now I'm I'm glad to see them finally developing the content, which I have been begging for them to do for years. It wasn't because of a lack of money. It was just the lack of, okay, we wanted to go ahead and concentrate on other things and this is just our throwaway Amazon Prime video. It is no longer a throwaway for them. It is something that they're really committed to and it's great to see. What are your thoughts out there on Invincible Season 1? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, my friend, before we head to the half-hour break, I wanted to ask you this. Resident Evil Village, it's now out in the wild. It's Still kind of scary, but not as scary as Resident Evil 7, which was really scaring up a lot of people and a lot of gamers out there. Mm -hmm. But this first-person shooter perspective that they now have for the Resident Evil series, it provides, uh, I guess what I would like to say is some really solid reviews. But for me, it's about the striking animation. You're seeing a lot of variance in the monsters that you're fighting against. Yeah. seeing a lot of different things evolve within the village. And because of it, I think there's less scares. It's more approachable to a general audience, which I think is intentional. I think they did the same thing with, I think, Resident Evil 5. I think that's the closest thing. I Because Resident Evil 5, I think, for me, was a step outside of what they did in Resident Evil 4. And I think Resident Evil 5 was something that they did to go ahead and reach out to a broader audience. I think they're doing that again because they do have to have these things where, oh, they go out and they reach out to too far of a broad audience. Then they have to come back to its roots like they did in 7. Well, I think they're going broad again. And I think this time it's for the best.
2: I'm interested to to watch some of the gameplay for this. To
0: me, I'm going to say right now, my friend, I didn't mean to interrupt. My apologies. No, you're good. This is the best looking game that's out there on ps5 or xbox series x point blank point blank. Well, i mean I've, I've watched hours of it already and the facial animations the the animations of the movements it's truly incredible it is to me this is what next gen is all about
2: it's interesting so i, I mean i watched the the trailer that just dropped yesterday and, and everything building up to this point it's been fun to watch the little leaks of information and see a little bit of the actual definition to the, the characters and, and all the enemies and, and all the AI and stuff. But to me, I'm really looking forward to, A, playing it. Got to get that PS5. Hey, I think it's about time. And then on top of that, just watching a little bit of the gameplay. You know, I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch, you know, 30, 40 minutes of the gameplay yet, but I'm going to take your word for it. From what I've seen from the trailers, the characters are outstanding. know just that little deviation you don't have the repetitiveness of enemies over and over over again you have that little variant going on it does take it to a different level and you know just the lighting man i think the lighting and everything looks outstanding
0: you don't have as many jump scares which i know some people are like oh i gotta have my jump scares in resident evil yes it's there is some but it's not anywhere near as prevalent as it was in resident evil 7 which i know is going to be making a lot of people angry or a lot of people disappointed but to me, it's more of a complete game. You do have Resident Evil Mercenaries as a horde mode, like online multiplayer type deal that they've added on to it, which a lot of people are also speaking very well about.
2: Wasn't it Resident Evil Reverse?
0: No, it's. I think it's Mercenaries. Okay. Is it? I, it, I think so. You got to watch a walkthrough. You got to watch a walkthrough to go ahead and guide you through it, at least before you get it, because this is something that's definitely worth picking up in my opinion especially in a year that's has so very few video game releases of a triple-a level so far
2: yeah and that's i mean to me that's one of the captivating things about this is you start looking at some of the big triple-a titles that have been released this year and honestly i'm sitting here kind of trying to rack my brain and it's just like nothing's gonna be as big of a name as resident evil to me at this point you know you've got the franchise history there you've got the rabid fan base Yeah, we've done a little bit to push some people away by making it super scary. That's debatable at times. But yeah, those jump scares in Resident Evil 7 were great. This is a great time to release this game, number one. Number two, I think they might have a ton of success just based on what I've seen. Just because if you can make this just a little bit more available to the masses, you know, by toning things down just slightly, you're going to sell millions of copies.
0: Hopefully. I just think that... Right now that there's coming out at a great time because there's not much competition that's come out before Pokemon Snap is the only really big title that's come out in several (laughs) weeks. Next week, it gets a little bit different because Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition comes out and that's going to provide some competition for you. And we'll go into that on next week's episode because I already have that on standby at Best Buy. So I can't wait for that. But you're right. Resident Evil Reverse is correct. Resident Evil Reverse, the online multiplayer experience that I think a lot of people are saying good things about. I've seen the positive reviews already. I've watched again a ton of hours already on it and I'm really excited for Resident Evil Village.
2: Hey, and I kind of forgot that you just mentioned it, Mass Effect, May 14th release date. So I'm sure sure we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about that as well, huh?
0: Oh, absolutely. I hope to have, well, I probably won't have the copy on hand yet. But I'm looking forward to it. I've already purchased it. I'm just going to be waiting for it. So, I was going to say, you go. don't
2: have any contacts in the industry trying to leak you a copy yet? or
0: I used to, but those days are unfortunately all too long gone. So I got to oh. buy it like everybody else. So unfortunately, that's the deal, my friend. And then uh, with the retail industry, yeah, those days are, are long gone as well. But
2: Yeah, they do a lot of inventory tracking now. You can't really get those out the door.
0: That's correct. But I'm looking <laughs> forward to is.
2: it. Early that is.
0: Yes, yes. But I'm looking forward to Resident Evil Village. Looking forward to get my hands on that and seeing if Marcus and I can go ahead and creep into that village or possibly try to go ahead and survive Resident Evil Village as best we can. What are your thoughts out there on Resident Evil Village? Have you played it yet? Are you excited for it as it comes out this weekend? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureGosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up on the back half of the show, we're going to be talking about Vice's Dark Side of the Ring, Season 3, The Regulars, and Stranger Things, Season 4. They dropped another teaser. What does it all mean? We're going to be talking about that and maybe some other stuff as well on the back half of the show.
1: This is the PCC Multiverse. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are. And you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. And we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse.
0: My friend, Mr. Marcus de la Garza, is back with me. I wanted to ask you this. Have you at all checked out what so many inside and outside the industry has talked about previously for each of its other seasons and the controversial episodes? Because this show goes deep and dark behind the curtain into what has been talked about and some of the things that have not been talked about in regards to The Dark Side of the Ring.
2: I actually have caught a few clips here and there on season one, season two, but I'm really looking forward to season three. You sent me the clip of the Brian Pillman part one, or actually it's not a clip, it's the full episode of part one. Yeah. Man, these are some heavy hitters, it feels like. I need to go back and actually put some time into season one, season two, and watch in, in totality, instead of just picking and choosing episodes that I want to watch.
0: To me, any time that we have stories like these that come out, which for the most part seem to be accurate. Vice does an incredible job of trying to go ahead and fill in as much detail as they can, or as much as that it's allotted to them for the yeah. hour that's been given, the recreations that they do and the time that and effort that they spend to it. You know, there's sometimes there's some things that they stay on stayed on the show that could be up for debate, you know, and whatnot. But for the most part, it's been pretty solid and on the money. And there's been some dark because there's pro wrestling. What you see on the screen is almost even more interesting behind the camera. All the stories, especially in the 80s and the 90s of the, you know, just the the, between the steroids and the drugs and the the deaths of all the wrestlers that happened and all the stuff that went on behind the scenes. It's so fascinating to me and, and almost as much as the actual watching the events itself and sometimes even more so. And this series, since it's come out, and the way it's portrayed has really opened up a lot of eyes for those who can get access to it, who have watched it. And I, and it gets a lot of comments, I, like I said, from both regular fans like myself, yep. not only people like myself, but also people who don't even like sports entertainment that watch it because they love those documentary, almost like true crime. And it just seems to me that this is something that's very fascinating, but also gets a lot of people from inside the industry up in arms each and every time an episode drops and over the years whether it's the episodes that have touched on the the fall of the von ericks or touch on the montreal screw job or yeah that's that's
2: one of my favorite episodes that i've seen i think
0: gino hernandez from dallas who could have been a superstar before his life was cut short due to uh, an overdose and so many other bruiser brody which was one of my favorite episodes because He would have been someone that I think would have been much more well-known had he not been stabbed and murdered in Puerto Rico. I mean, people need to watch that episode to understand what happened there and the kind of effect in the industry he had at that time. But there's so many great episodes over the course of the past two seasons, and I think it's just getting better. But I want to hear your thoughts, man, on season three. Before I give everybody the rundown, the list of the names... Because on the surface, some of these names are going to have people scratching their head what in the world's going on, or who are these people, or what are all these events about. Season one and season two has really been a great way to go ahead and find out a darker side of this industry.
2: Yeah, I do want to say that Vice traditionally did a great job with their documentaries. Whether it's a straight up documentary like this is or just more of an experiential movement or whatever it is. Or, or the
0: political stuff that they do, you know, which we're yeah, not going to get I mean, into on the show. But yeah, no, they, no, no. They, they, yeah,
2: they generally do a great job with their stuff. And so I was pretty enthused when I saw that they were doing this, you know, for what it was for me. I looked at it and it was that alternative entertainment to me that kind of lifted the veil on on wrestling for me i didn't have the historical knowledge before i saw a few of these episodes so it did kind of give me a little bit more in-depth history on some of the wrestlers that i knew by name growing up you know whether that was people talking about you know historical matches or just references to the greats you know i'm i'm really looking forward to season three gerald we've got brian pillman for part one and part two and then the list keeps growing here I'm kind of interested to see uh, what your thoughts are on the remaining episodes. I, I know we've got, what is it, Nick Gage is announced for the next one?
0: Actually, first, after the Brian Pillman two-hour premiere, the, what comes after that is the Collision in Korea, which was a joint WCW New Japan pro wrestling card in the early 90s that took place over the course of two nights in North Korea. And I actually watched that pay-per-view. <laughs> I've seen, seen the Did matches really? from it. Yeah, as far as the pay per view, I remember watching it at the time, and I've actually rewatched it again in recent years as far as many of the matches from it. But it's behind the scenes, and I've read and heard a lot what's mentioned, uh, what I assume is going to be mentioned in that show. It's just fascinating because this took place over the course of two nights in North Korea, and they're two of the largest pro wrestling crowds ever we're talking well over a hundred thousand for each. That's wild. Well, it's wild if you're told and forced to go there. And, uh, and I'm not going to say that was, or wasn't, but you'll have to watch the show and find out. But yes, there was well over a hundred thousand for each of those uh, nice of matches.
2: 165,000 for day one, 190 for day two.
0: Yeah. So those are some pretty insane numbers. And, you know, you had Ric Flair, Antonio Noki You had the Steiners, the Road Warriors. You had all these big names, but the stuff that went on behind the scenes, again, is just as invaluable that I've come to learn over the years. And I'd love to get a refresher course, and I will hopefully in a couple of weeks here with that episode. Nick Gage, who not many people know as far as the general audience is concerned, so that'll be a good refresher course for this wrestler who was. Really out there as far as he didn't have the body or the look or the physique to go ahead and get big into as far as the the main WCW, WWE, any type of that deal. But he had a niche and had a gimmick, and he was very violent, and it goes into detail about him. After that, you have the Ultimate Warrior. Need I say more? I mean, inside the ring and outside the ring, I mean, his life was absolutely crazy. Grizzly Smith and his family, and if you're not familiar with Grizzly Smith, he was a former pro wrestler in the old days, even before my time, but he also served as an agent, I think, in the early days of WCW, but he is best known for being the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, Sam Houston, and I think Rockin' Robin. There's a very sordid family history, and if you want to know why Jake Roberts has had the issues with drugs and alcohol for all these years, you'll get a better idea with that episode. Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid is self-explanatory if you're a fan of the British Bulldogs. The second half of the season, the WWE steroid trials. This is going to be very interesting to me because it was big news in the early 90s. FMW. FMW is a or was a Japanese independent promotion. Take ECW and raise it up a level as far as the level of violence exploding barbed wire matches, a whole bunch of stuff. Luna Vachon, uh, who was such a influential women's wrestler in the 90s and early 2000s. The WWE's plane ride from hell, I think that took place in the early 2000s, which I know bits and pieces of, which okay. is truly a wild story in and of itself of all the things that happened on. I think that's going to be, for a lot of WWE fans, going to be a must-watch. XBW is another... Wanna be ECW that didn't quite make it. That had a lot of crazy matches, just like FMW. Johnny Canine, Bruiser Bedlam was a journeyman wrestler, but I think he ended up committing murder. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was a hitman. It's very vague. I remember briefly reading about it, touching on it over the years, but I think he was a, a either he's evolved with organized crime, similar to what Dino Bravo was, I believe, and I think he has also a, a storied history as well. Chris Canyon, who had a very tragic life. I believe he did commit suicide. So Chris Canyon is also covered, who is a mid-card wrestler in the 1990s for WCW. And and uh, I think he had a very tragic ending to his life. So I think that's why he's on there. So that's a, a complete list. Uh, it is not as well known as the first two seasons of dark side of the ring but mm-hmm. i think what you will find are some of the most interesting and fascinating stories this time around
2: yeah man for sure this is going to be a, a great season and i'm looking forward to it
0: is there any particular episode that you're looking forward to for me i think either the collision in korea well i know a lot about what happened on behind the scenes the collision in korea yeah. so many people have talked about it that were there i think the plane ride from hell i want to know a lot more about
2: I really don't know anything about the collision in Korea. Just hearing you talk about it, I pulled up some of the Wikipedia articles on it. This is a wild thought process of let's get these personalities to North Korea, do all this stuff. I don't understand how we got this to to actually happen, number one. But number two, I'm really interested to watch this episode and then maybe go find the pay-per-view and watch it. Man, this it's kind of impressive. You could slam 165,000 people in that stadium. And then 190. The next day, yeah. Yeah. And, and have it, the facilities refreshed and everything ready to go i mean like well, it, was, uh, it wasn't by
0: choice but yeah. let's put it that way i mean, no, I, I also uh, want to see the steroid trials i think that's going to be a very interesting episode as well
2: that's something that you know my dad always joked about they're all roided up it's fine you know <laughs> and so uh you know i'd love to hear a little bit more about the steroid use and maybe even the crackdown that, that well, we happened. saw the
0: effects of that during the mid to late 90s and early 2000s a lot of these wrestlers died at very I don't say very young ages, but they died at younger ages than what they should have. A lot of, of them in their, yeah, of heart conditions in their late 30s, mid to late 40s, early 50s. And a lot of it could be contributed to enlarged hearts, which stemmed in a lot of cases from steroid use and steroid abuse. Because that was the look that many of these promotions, especially WWE, was looking forward to at that time. So the steroid trials is something I'm looking forward to. So in fact, I'm going to go ahead and check out all the episodes. I've seen every episode of of both seasons and I'm looking forward to season three as well.
2: There's a question that just popped in my head. Do we have any history of CTE and WWE? Of course. Well, Uh, yeah, but I mean like, do we have any documented cases that we know of yet?
0: Well, Chris Nowinski, who was a WWE wrestler, he started his own foundation to go ahead and look into that. In fact, CTE has been much discussed and also talked about as far as from lawsuit standpoints. In fact, the Supreme court just turned down a request from several former WWE wrestlers that were trying to sue WWE and the Supreme court threw it out. But I know there's been other trials and, and lawsuits oh. against the WWE for that type of deal. I mean, and it's just not just the WWE. In fact, the WWE comparatively speaking outside of those brutal chair shots that and in the yeah. Attitude Era, when they didn't know much about concussions, they were bashing each over the head all the time with with chairs. Most of it, if you went to the XPWs and the ECWs and the FMWs and the the promotions of the 90s, the the late 80s, where they were to make it more realistic taking chair shots to the head, that's where you see a lot of that CTE happening. I mean, you look at many of the wrestlers and proposed about Chris Benoit.
2: I was gonna say that's that's the big one i always forget about is chris Benoit. Um, yeah i mean
0: you take that episode that they cover on dark side of the ring i think it's a two episode if i remember correctly
2: it is yeah yeah
0: yeah. and and you take a you know when you watch that i mean that that gives you a better idea of the possible damage that can happen because of all the the headshots that he took or the fact that he did a flying headbutt from the top rope and doing headbutts from that even if you're trying to go ahead and maneuver without hurting someone you can end up hurting yourself and taking that headshot so Right. Repeated abuse to the head and the brain is is something that uh, is much discussed over the years as far as CTE, and I, I know that's something that the WWE really frowns on now. <laughs> For a lot of wrestlers, it's just too late. I mean,
2: yeah, it, I mean it, it's it's great to have that public approval now by saying that you're not on board with all the headshots, but I mean they made a lot of money off of it. You
0: know, yeah, yeah, the they, they did, and now actually when you go and watch WWE matches from the past. You will see them edit that out, so you never see headshots. Really? You watch, yeah. Just go to YouTube and just watch any old you know episode, like for instance from that Attitude
2: around, era. From the yeah.
0: Attitude era, and the, you'll see it edited out, and you'll never see a chair shot to the head again. That,
2: that kind of makes so. me want to go back and watch some of those pay per views from when I was a kid that I used yeah. to watch. You'll and just and see, see it, it.
0: You'll just see it stopped and, and had it take place. You know what happened a couple seconds later. So, yep, you'll hear it, but you won't see it. So that's, you know, they've got a great crew that has to edit all that stuff. I mean, it seems to be something for them each and every time out that they have to go ahead and edit out, whether it's the WWF sign because they lost the battle yeah. to the World Wildlife, World Wildlife Fund, which I, I think that was just <laughs> I think that, OK, with all respect to the World Wildlife Fund, which is a great, great charity. And I think people should contribute to it as much as they can. The WWF was known as the World Wrestling Federation but then it got an argument for another day. It is, but
2: battle. that was one of the dumbest name changes I've ever seen. Well, that was that wasn't them. by choice. That was I, I know, choice. it was it was forced on him, but like yeah. Oh, come on. Really? We're going to confuse the WWF for the World Wildlife Foundation?
0: Please, go ahead and donate to that great charity though. It helps a lot of animals and they do a lot of great things there regardless of the fact that, you know, they shouldn't be called the WWF. But my friend, it is Dark Side of the Ring. It is season three. Everybody out there, I know they've heard us now for over 10, 15 minutes now talking <laughs> about this. But I think really, if you get a chance, please go ahead and check out Dark Side of the Ring from Vice. What are your thoughts out there on Dark Side of the Ring? Are you going to be catching season three as it debuts this weekend? Have you caught up with seasons one and two already? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos, don't touch that dial, wait do do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, Playstation, Xbox and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings, too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: My friend, there's a little bit more to talk about before we head on out. Want to go ahead and ask real quick in regards to the number one show for a couple weeks on Netflix, The Regulars, a show which quite a few people talked about but apparently not enough as even though again for a period of time it was actually leading all shows on streaming including Falcon Winter Soldier which has gotten huge ratings for Disney plus it is actually i think the number one show all time for Disney plus because of the the amount of you know viewers that you can get on it you know the, it's pushing it to the max of the 100 million viewers as opposed to the regulars which didn't have to go ahead and do as much for the 200 million viewers that are that are out there. But The Irregulars, even though it did reach a number one status on Netflix, got the ax this past week. So I want to hear your thoughts on The Irregulars, something that took place with a bunch of young adults. And then it also had Sherlock Holmes, Moriarty, and Dr. Watson on the side, but it was mainly the supernatural things that these set of kids could do and how they were interacting and, It just seemed to be something a little bit different, taking that Sherlock Holmes that we've seen so many times before and and putting a new spin on it, even though it's still number one on Netflix. So a lot of people must have watched it, but apparently that wasn't enough.
2: Yeah, we're currently five episodes through it right now. We're just behind on everything. We're getting killed. That's that's okay. You
0: got plenty of time to check it out now.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, but I do want to say I have enjoyed it. We were talking about this last night in preparation for tonight's episode, and I I accidentally confused it with Shadow and Bone for some reason as we were talking about it. I think it was just on my mind.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to that in a second. I I, I'll give you my quick five second you know rundown on that one. Looking at the irregulars, I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I kind of like the alternative take we have on Sherlock Holmes here. As far as him being kind of like a, you know, just a mess drug addict, and the kids are really solving the cases here, and he's taking all the notoriety. I kind of like that spin on it. It's sad that it got canceled. I don't understand how this kind of happened, but at the same time, is net well, yeah, they didn't get enough money uh, on the backside. There, Joe's making the money of, say, well, <laughs> well,
0: it's it's one of the most expensive shows that Netflix has had to produce, and, and even I, though it did reach a number one status for a period of time apparently it didn't do enough viewership or retained enough viewership i think that's the key it may have been one of those cases it, it probably didn't retain like for instance you did you just stop watching it after episode two and episode three and be done with it they gauge that when they drop all these episodes they gauge how people are interested in it that's not just episode one and things of that nature because episode one does great or you know 50 70 million people watch it but if only 30 million people watch episode two and 20 million people watch episode three and finish the series and whatnot that's similar to what you see with like shows that debut with a really high rating and then fall from there because people don't really care for what they see or okay i'll go back to what i was watching before it isn't all what it's cracked up to be so I see it as people were not being retained as these episodes were going on. So people like you just weren't finishing the series each and every time.
2: Which, which is unfortunate. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just I, life got busy for me and I, I wasn't able to jump back to it. But I mean, maybe that does speak volumes about the show itself. It it wasn't drawing me in to make me come back. Like Falcon
0: and uh, the Winter beginning. Soldier. You made time for Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
2: You do. And, and I mean... If you're me, you make time for The Expanse every week uh, on, on, go. on midnight. You know, I see what you mean. It didn't have that captivating effect where, you know, people were coming back episode over episode because it's all released in Netflix fashion all at once, March 26. So maybe that's truly what we should be getting out of this. It wasn't that I gave up on it or I didn't enjoy it. It was just that it didn't captivate me enough to bring me back. And that's what Netflix saw. And they're getting ahead of the ball and just canceling because of the cost of the production.
0: And it's not just like a young adult show that, you know, it's based in a high school that you could put on a preliminary budget that's not going to cost you that much. This was a very costly show with special effects, with all the costuming and have the setting in that old time era that has to perform well and consistently well. People have to go ahead that watch it, have to finish it in order to justify it continuing. And I know a lot of people are upset about it because, again, it was a well-liked show for people out there that really stuck with it. But for a great deal of others, obviously, something that after a couple episodes, they tuned out.
2: Unfortunate. I hate to know that I know the outcome of the series overall before I finish out the season, but it is what it is.
0: You never know. I mean, a show like this, if Netflix releases the rights, it could go to another streamer. I mean, somebody like a Paramount Plus maybe an Amazon, someone could be interested. Maybe a Peacock could take a show like this that has had a lot of eyeballs on it and give it a fresh new look or a fresh look on a different streaming platform. But again, it all depends on Netflix owning the rights, even if they canceled it. Usually if a television show gets canceled, like on an NBC, it can be reborn again on an ABC or a Fox or CBS. Your show that you love so much, The Expanse, it yeah. got canceled by sci fi, but saw a new life on Amazon. I'm not sure all the intangibles when it comes to Netflix. So I don't know if exactly if this is a type of show that you can shop around to Hollywood to see if someone buys into it. But we'll wait and see. And maybe there is still life in the Irregulars. But yeah, as of now, it's no longer. What are your thoughts on Irregulars getting canceled? Share us your thoughts. PopcultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, and before you drop any type of knowledge or anything you want to add on to it as we head on out, Stranger Things Season 4 dropped another trailer, and someday it'll come out. I'm assuming it'll, it'll come out before the end of the century <laughs> because it keeps getting delayed. But Stranger Things... kids are going
2: to be too old to be Stranger Kids. I know. They'll, they'll, they'll
0: be collecting Social Security. But I wanted <laughs> to ask you this, my friend. The teaser, which was dropped before we came on the air hints that something happened to Eleven, and uh, the Eleven character being imprisoned, possibly, and this cult-like character, teacher-slash-guru-slash-some powerful being that can speak out to these kids, and who knows what's going to happen in this, I don't know if it's like a mental institution or something like that, but it really looks like it's something that's going to give it a different change of pace,
2: Hey, I, I'm really excited about the trailer here. You know, just getting a little bit more of the backstory from Eleven, filling in some of the information gaps that we have right now is going to be awesome. In my head, uh, you know, and I haven't read uh, anything really that's come out of, as as far as leaks on the storyline for season four. But, I mean, I could see this being a, a transformative season where maybe we use this as a uh, more of a focus on Eleven, maybe cut out some of the uh, some of the other guys and use this to kind of transition into their adulthood. And so, you know, maybe uh, if we are renewed for season five, we we see more of an older age group here for the kids. Wait, isn't of, season
0: uh, five going to be the end of the series, or am I mistaken on that?
2: You might be right. I, I thought we were signed up for two more, or not signed up, but we we had announced the intent for two more seasons. But I might be wrong.
0: Yeah, you could be right. I mean, it, it doesn't. It it, just, that might include
2: season they're, four. They're, four they're seasons. To,
0: <laughs> well, I know that I know that the creators are going to have an endpoint. They're not going to keep it going on forever. That's
2: for no, sure. no. Well, I mean, you can't, but I mean it'd be nice to get a little bit of that early adulthood out of the kids and uh, see a little bit of that transition into adulthood there. So
0: So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Eleven and the rest of our beloved characters in Stranger Things as we hopefully will see it sooner rather than later, but we're not quite sure when it's going to be happening, but hopefully it will be something that we will be able to see in the not-too-distant future. I mean, they're talking about Uh, it going to be maybe later this year, earlier next year. So we'll see what happens. But I'm telling you right now, my friend, Stranger Things Season 4 is looking creepier and creepier. And I cannot wait to find out what's next. What are your thoughts out there on the latest teaser that dropped for Stranger Things Season 4? Share your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being part of today's program. Any last thoughts on the way out?
2: Just one. So I heard your complaint about Amazon Prime. Why didn't you do this in 2016? I do been, no, say- I mean,
0: if you listen to the early episodes, you'll listen to a couple different things I said on a weekly basis or almost weekly basis. One is a Black Widow movie which finally is going to come out to fruition. I think both myself <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and my older daughter, Elowen, who has appeared on this show, giving her Marvel thoughts and synopsis each and every week for many of these shows that they've already done, we're both going to be in tears because this is something we've both fought for happening. But the number two thing is that Amazon Prime, which I used to rip mercilessly on because <laughs> you have this never-ending stream of cash coming in from other places that Netflix doesn't have. Netflix is solely dependent on the subscriptions for just that. Whereas Amazon is dependent on so many other revenue streams that could support a Netflix type content library that they, you know, they just had, they just threw out there some old TV shows, old movies as part of Amazon prime and say, go watch Maybe they would bring out something fresh or new every now and then And it was just like barren for the most part. And I used to rip it mercilessly.
2: I get that. But I mean, in 2016, we we were really trying to stockpile the the money there uh, via AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services. And so I get it. If you are making money hand over fist over here, it's kind of hard to redirect your energy. But I think at this point, they're getting ready to kind of position themselves to maybe be forced to sell off AWS. For some anti-monopoly stuff, you know, those were just the rumors towards the beginning of the year. You know, if that does happen, I think uh, we'll see Amazon Prime Video really take off because you're going to have to it start in. Well, I mean, it is, but I mean, you're really going to have to key in on the return on investment, and so at that point, you'll really see Amazon really step it up a notch and maybe start delivering intellectual property after intellectual property. That's really what I'm hoping for is we get into a situation where Amazon realizes we have the money, we have the power. Let's do it. Let's make great content.
0: I mean, Disney Plus, they hear about and we talk about all the time. And they have great stuff and great content that they're now finally producing on a regular basis with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which gets a lot of people talking. And, of course, all the stuff that they're doing in Marvel and Star Wars. But there's still $100 behind the eight ball when it comes to the subscribership to Netflix. It is gaining on them. But it's still going to take a lot to go ahead and catch up to them. With Amazon Prime, you are matching subscriber bases. You right. are matching dollar for dollar, and in fact, you're even richer than Netflix. I mean, Netflix talks about how it's going to be dropping 19 billion dollars in content this year. Amazon is the one entity of all of them that can drop
2: more. They can, but do they have that money set aside?
0: You got to ask Jeff. I think he's worth a couple bill. I think. <laughs> So for Marcus de la Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself. A great.